Daily Talk Show, episode 477. It's Sarah Grinberg in the building. <laughs> I was about to say it's Weekend Banter with Sarah Grinberg. Hello. Uh, from the life of greatness. A life of greatness. A life of greatness. You nearly got it right. We you just, did. You just forgot the app. Yeah. Did I say the life of greatness? <laughs> you did, mate. You did. So we're just talking um, because that's your podcast and we're yes. saying how Josh has a memory of a goldfish mm-hmm. and you can't remember stuff when you're trying to remember it. And but I'm, so- I'm like Josh as well. Okay. Like honestly, if I'm told to remember something, I get really nervous about it and then I forget it. It's really hard. But then I'll remember like other facts that are completely insignificant. Okay. It's, it's like, a wanna... later, it, like it's a delayed memory type of thing. I can remember how to say didaskaloo. We had a guy named Ethan on. I mm. fucked up his last name. <laughs> But now it's in my mind forever. Yeah. So I think uh, we need to have Ethan Didaskalu back on the show. So you can get it, so you can get it right. Yeah. Uh, what I'll say is the number 82. And at the end, I'm going to ask you which number I said at the start. So we'll look, we'll look back. That. What does that it's mean? Pressure. She has oh, to okay, remember sure. the number that I just said, but I can't okay. say it again. 82. So, so don't you say it again. You get it once. Okay. And the test is to see if Sarah can remember it by mm-hmm. the end of the podcast. Uh, so Grin is And yeah. Mr. 97, if I forget to bring it up, can you bring uh, yeah, it up yeah, that sure. we need to ask it? Yeah, great. Just in case. Brought up a number as well with Mr. 97. Yeah, so it's all yeah, very, yeah, yeah. The reason he's, do you know why he's called <laughs> Mr. 97? No. He got an, a 97 enter score. That's amazing. We, we think it's amazing. <laughs> I can imagine, Sarah, you would get quite high. Would you? I did. I got 94. Okay. That's so, I mean, that's not, not, as good as, not as good as this. It's not good as 97 over there, but yeah. 94 is all right. Yeah, but he didn't uh, produce for Hamish and Andy, so he's just he's <laughs> doing us. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Um, so, Sarah, I remember, I remember seeing you. Uh, when I was trying to slither my way into SCA. I know. Which I eventually did. You did. So it worked. Slimy little sucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. But I um, I think the last time I saw you was when your belly was way out here. And did you? And you were uh, around the office. That's right. I did because you did some work on the rush hour and stuff. Yeah. So I was. I worked from level two and I mm-hmm. got my way up to level you three. You did. Because you were a street teamer as well and you were the street teamer that did work for me because I was in activation. Exactly. And I loved you. one of my favourites. Yeah, thank you, thank you. But I will have you note that uh, I did the rush hour first and then I went to street team. Really? Yeah. You I did wasn't the... street team to rush hour. W- w- is That's that, odd. Is that good? Um, yeah, but no, I don't want to be seen as the slimy slimy street teamer that tried to weasel his way on air. So you I was fell on down. Air, fell, <laughs> I just took more income from over here yeah. and then... You're so, entrepreneurial, like an internal entrepreneur. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, you, so you had your hand in the street team stuff. I feel like the street team attracts an interesting type of characters. It does. I was never in the street team. I went straight into activation. Not when that I started anything, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, the, some of the best people at SCA... Um, Southern Cross or Stereo started in the street team and they're like the biggest producers in the country now or, you know, big celebrities and stuff. So I was an activation person and then that's how I met you because you Mm. were hanging about. Mm. But you were very good at your job. (laughs) Well, memory-wise, I might not have a good uh, short-term memory, but I do. I feel like I'm good at remembering things are further away. We met – actually, do you want to say how – how I remember. Met? Yeah, yeah. How do you remember? So I remember that we were, I think I was coming after, I was on maternity leave and they asked me to help out on a Fifi and Jules, like a stunt. And Fifi was actually on maternity mm-hmm. leave. So we had Sophie Monk and Jules. And so we travelled with Sophie Monk and Jules to Adelaide. Yes. And, 
and you were there as well and that's how I met you. And we did this oh, we did this thing with a where we parked a car in a random person's house. It was house. called Suzuki Car Swap. Yes. And um and basically they they had entered the competition but a zillion people had so they didn't know that they were going to win. Mm-hmm. And then they walked outside and one and the 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 young girl was blind. I do remember that. And basically they saw that there was a new car in there. <laughs> In their garage, it was amazing, and we did that all mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Yeah, I just remember, Do you remember the that? Uh, what I remember is just the. I think we had toasted sandwiches. Yes, I remember that bit too. Yeah, so we I had status with Virgin Australia, and I thought I was a real top dog. <laughs> and I think we went. In, I, we I, went left together. Yeah. It was only the two of us. Uh-huh. And I remember having a toasted sandwich. Mm. That's well, the main thing I remember. Well, I remember. So basically, we went to the airport. Everyone else was like staying on, mm-hmm. and that's when we became kind of like we bonded Uh because it was just the two of us. And I I was new to Instagram Uh and you said, Sarah, I'll show you how to take an Instagram photo. And you put our boarding pass and then the toasted cheese sandwich (laughs) down. And you took a photo and then you put a beautiful filter over it and you're like, post that, post that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I posted it. And then basically I think you left the company a couple of months later. Yeah. But that's how I remember you. Yeah. So do you still have that Instagram post I, up? I don't. I want to have a look. Or did you? I actually up? think I took it down. <laughs> you Got home? Think or you did? No, I think I did. I think I was. You think or I you did? I did. I did. Okay. So I, no but I think I, l- I had left it on. And I think it could have been Instagram or Facebook. It, it was, was either, Instagram. It was yeah. Instagram. I, 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 I took it down many years ago. But it was a good introduction on how to like place things nicely with it nice aesthetic view and put mm, a filter mm-hmm. but um obviously the wrong subject because it went down yeah, yeah so, you, so you did everything else right mm-hmm. but no, okay <laughs> no, that's right no it's basically all i remember was that uh, being on a flight and the to- i was very excited about the toasted sandwiches yes. potentially mm. and i remember also we were just chatting and we mm-hmm. nearly got our flight and they were calling us uh-huh. and we had to run do you remember <laughs> no, that i bit? don't remember that Oh, we I, were running. I remember yeah, that. I can just imagine toasting sandwich in hand. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming, Sarah. I'm yeah. coming. Um, so we've all sort of slithered our way from the level two up, mm-hmm. upwards. Yes. Because then you, you came back and then was that pre-producing for Hamish and Andy? Yes. So basically I've been at Osteria for nine years and I was in activation and then I moved on to doing um, producing. I was, I was doing the weekend breakfast show. I was producing that for a while and then I went on to produce the Sydney morning breakfast show for um, a while and then I moved into Podcast One. Mm. And then when I moved into Podcast One, which was two years ago, that's when I started producing for Hamish and Andy. Yeah, yeah. As well as a few other things. Producing a breakfast show from Melbourne for Sydney. Oh, yeah. Is it? That's, I mean, <laughs> it's an interesting thing because um, we had Kate Mead on who does a show in Warrnambool but it's – sent around Victoria. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a regional breakfast show where it's kind yes. of in your region. It's spread, right? Yeah. So she has people coming to a radio station up in Wangaratta delivering, hey, this is for this is for Kate. Can you please pass it on to her? Oh, my God. How <laughs> funny. You. Imagine doing it at the scale of a mm-hmm. metro station. Oh, it was completely high tech. So basically the studio that we actually do a lot of the podcast productions out of was turned into uh, the breakfast sh- studio. So they just push, you know, push a button, the blinds went down. It's like five different studios, Hamish and Andy, uh, Today FM Breakfast, Podcast One. Anyway, so then they, there were cameras 
all above the top of the studio and we had a link to all the people that were in Sydney because we still still had the news person in Sydney, some other producers in Sydney. All the phones were done out of Sydney. That was brilliant. Mm. So as producers in Melbourne, we didn't have to do phones. and um, But the talent were in Melbourne as well. So it was like between each break we'd all kind of go into the studio and talk and talk and then we'd come out and then at the end of the show we'd have a meeting but it was all like looking at the content director in Sydney through the cameras and it was, can I tell you, it actually worked pretty well considering, you know, that mm. we're in two different states. Do you think we'll get to a point, because I've got a dream of one day doing a podcast where I live remotely, I don't see anyone, I've got like a booth and I go into it and Tommy's somewhere else oh, and we do easy. the show. Yeah. Do you reckon that that like, do you think that that is positive for the future or do you think that that takes away from from Look, something? Look, I mean, I personally feel, and I'm sure you guys are the same, that mm. having an interview face-to-face is you know, it's so much yeah, nicer yeah, yeah. and mm. the, you can just read the people's cues better. And um, I'm reading them wrong either way. So. <laughs> and, but majority of the interviews that I do for A Life of Greatness are via Zoom because mm. I interview a lot mm. of overseas people. So, look, it's, it's still a great, great way to chat to people and have them on. Mm-hmm. Do, is there a, a way of building rapport when you're not in the same room? Uh, it's harder. Mm-hmm. I find it's harder. Like, you know, you've got the kind of few minutes to chat before and sometimes the person just wants to get straight into the interview. Mm. So you're like, okay, let's do this. And then afterwards I kind of just want to get off. Mm. So so it is harder, but it depends on the person as well. Yeah. You, you had know. Gretchen Rubin. I did have Gretchen uh, Rubin. And that was over the over the phone. Was yeah, that Zoom? one was via Skype. Okay. Um, that's when before we discovered Zoom. Have you discovered Zoom? Well, we, Zoom's just, really we tried good. everything yeah. and then yeah. we went to FaceTime. It's actually one of the greatest yeah. things. Is it? Yeah, it's FaceTime's flawless. Great. Really? We did 100 mm-hmm. shows. Josh was remote throughout Europe and, and we did FaceTime. We tried IP down the line, which is I've sort of that. 80 yeah. bucks a month. Yeah, yeah which is just not, not worth it. Yeah, that's not that great. Yeah. And because they're trying to do low, high, uh, low latency, high fidelity, but mm. the problem is that it requires great internet connections where FaceTime has made it work where even if it's a bit of a shit connection, mm. it still does pretty well. Like there's actually studios... Um, like in the UK or whatever, and they have like a bunch of Mac computers that are all connected into the studios and they just run uh, FaceTime. Anyway, that's a little inside baseball. (laughs) But anyway, so Zoom's Zoom's good. I've done quite a lot of this round Mm -hmm. um, for Series 3 of A Life of Greatness that will be out in a few months. All the overseas interviews I've done via Zoom and they've been really, really good, Mm -hmm. really great quality. And I guess it is that there is so much in in the room rapport building you do find rapport throughout a conversation too a hundred percent with with someone like gretchen how how do you go in are you trying to build rapport what are you doing like are you wanting to start it out to try and slowly roll into with a gretchen, nice convo her and i were emailing directly before that so we kind of built a bit of a rapport on that level you were signing um, off with xo at the end yeah the totally end love you always <laughs> sarah um and then uh, throughout the interview, I suppose, you know, when someone's talking about your work and how much they appreciate it and all that kind of stuff, then you, you know, you're going to start really liking them and um, what they're talking about anyway. So the rapport is naturally built, mm. you know. So I think it's it's a very natural thing when you're focusing on, you know, the fruits of their labour. Mm. Which is, you know, I mean, we all, a lot of people like to indulge at times when because they, they, they're having to use brain power to think about their experience in life, mm-hmm. a life of greatness, 
yes. the name of the pocket. You're exploring what it means. Well, what greatness means to them. So basically I interview people who have achieved greatness in their life or are just living a life that is great or they're thought leaders, best-selling authors who give tips and um, tricks on how to lead a great life. Mm. And so what's a great life for you? A great life for me is a life of humility, a life of um, speaking your truth, a life of service um, and um, just being able to do good in the world. That's that, a life of greatness. That was my motto in the street team, to be honest. <laughs> no, no, but I, I love that obviously it's something you've thought about and articulated before. Yes. Do you think that the people you speak to, the wide range of people, have thought about what a life of greatness means to them? Well, it's actually really nice. Uh, I, I think some of them have. And a guy that I interviewed on Series 2, his name's Bruce Lipton. He's just an absolute dude. Anyway, he's about, I think he's in his 70s. Uh, what does an absolute dude mean, by the way? He's just such a good guy. You know, like, you know when you meet someone mm-hmm. via Zoom, <laughs> but you just have a rapport with them and, you're, mm-hmm. and he was just calling me, I think it was darling throughout the interview and I just, I felt like I'd known him before I met him kind yeah, of, sure. you know. Josh, I get that, away no, with that? No, 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 don't start calling darling, me. Darling, bit of Kyle Sanderland <laughs> you style. Can't do, you can't do that. Uh, yeah. He's an older man, so it, came, it, it yeah. kind of like it well, was a nicer meant, thing. Well, that's why I thought like, dude, I straight away went to, I imagined he had a skateboard. But in no, this context. No. You could call um, Ben Fordham a dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Ben yeah, yeah. Fordham's a dude. He just exudes just, I, I love that man. I, yeah. I want to be. Yeah. I, I want to do what you do. Mm. You know, that I've never heard someone being called a dude. Have you? Uh, yeah, but I, I not not. it's interesting to hear. I appreciate you asking why. Yeah, Why are they called a dude? That's sorry, fair sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. Yeah. And it's a good question. So he's just such a, a beautiful soul. Mm-hmm. And I asked him what a life of greatness was, and it was not dissimilar to my answer. And then I saw that he had posted, it, by the way, Bruce Lipton is kind of one of the godfathers of exploring like epigenetics. So, cool. um, so then I saw that he posted on Facebook, and he does a lot of posts on Facebook, a life of greatness to him. And I thought, oh. A, he's listened to the interview, go Bruce, and B, he's obviously listened to his answer and really liked it and yeah. thought it was a really good question. Mm. So, yeah, that was No that was, boarding passes, no toasties no, on, his, no. on Facebook. Well, I think it's a simple question, but it's usually the simple questions that we don't work out how to articulate. Mm. Well, that's it. And you know what? Nearly, because that's the question that I finish with for every person that I interview, what is a life of greatness to you? And nearly every answer has those kind of similarities of what I mentioned to you. Mm. Have you found that it takes a while to warm up when it, when you're interviewing? Um, I with some people. No, let me think about this. Actually, not really. Mm-hmm. There was someone I interviewed the other day who I absolutely love, and I thought to myself, "Is he in a bad mood?" <laughs> Mm-hmm. Have you ever had that? Mm-hmm. Where I was like, oh, I have I don't it every know. day. <laughs> no, no, I no. thought, is he a little bit grumpy? But then five minutes in, he was fine. So, so you it did know, take a groove. Like, but do you, I guess, the style of what you're doing, have you come up with the questions and you're going through them in sort of a sequential order to get to the main one? Or do you have a strategy? So, well, basically, <laughs> I 
and I don't know what you guys do, but I take a lot of time to research. You're saying, yeah, it, yeah, you're you saying guys all the research. Sort of mm, I've got five pages in front <laughs> of me if, you, if you're listening. I will spend at least a day researching the person. We'll obviously know about them before, hence why I ask them to come on. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do a lot of research into them. Uh, I do have questions in front of me, but I'm sure as you guys do, I like to just speak about whatever they're, you know, based on what they answer, then I'll start talking and it's, you know, an interactive chat. And one thing is as well that I make sure I do is I listen. Mm. So I don't sit there thinking, oh, God, I've got to ask this question next. And I also don't need to have all the questions said. You know, it's just there as a guide. You know, your biggest fear is that they'll answer you in like one word mm. and then you go, okay. I got half an hour to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but you know what? That's never happened. Mm. So, I do have a few questions always set at the end that I will definitely make sure that I get to. But otherwise, you know, it's it's just a nice chat. But I I am always so taken aback at the amount of information people give me, and sometimes you know how humble and how beautiful and raw some of the interviews I've had have been like. I walk away and I think, God, I've got a good job. Like mm. this is this is really nice. Did you know that you wanted to be behind the mic early on or is that something that through producing you've sort of got a taste for? Completely the, through producing. And what are the telltale signs in case we see Mr. 97 <laughs> sniffing around? <laughs> he's already got his, he keeps his mic up, so that's... Yeah. Little, I, little. <laughs> he's all good, I can tell. Um, <laughs> you mean he's sitting behind the couch? Yes. No threat. No th- <laughs> um, I, no, I didn't always want to be behind the mic, I think as a producer, Mm. basically you watch people being interviewed and also editing interviews. I'd noticed that people sometimes hosts would talk over the other person a lot and I'd think, oh, why don't they ask them this question or, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I don't watch so much of it now, but as a young one, I was obsessed with 60 Minutes. Like I just love 60 Minutes and I just loved the way that they would interview people and I loved the in-depth subject matter. And I, just as me as a person, I remember a lot of people would always say, God, you're a really good listener. And my friends would always say, "How, how do you know that about that person? I'd be like, well, they told me. Like people would open up to me. And so I was reflecting on how I got to this point in my life and I remembered all that stuff. So it completely wasn't something that I'd wanted to achieve. It kind of just came out of just a conversation with um, my boss one day and it was like, yeah, do this podcast. You should host it because you know all about this subject mm. matter and bang, there you we, go. We were actually talking about that today mm. where uh, positions or things or jobs that people who were in them, it's not necessarily, like you said, I want to be a podcast host and then you're working towards and you become the podcast host or it could be, you know, because you can get the job as a podcast host or you can become the podcast host in a completely different way. Mm. So it could be a journalist doing music writing. It's like the person that ends up doing it might not be the person obsessed with music. Like like most people who go into the course to do you know, journalism for music or something, you know? Well, that's it. And I'm like genuinely fascinated to hear the stories that these people tell. So I think I always think I'm going to ask the questions that I think everyone else would love to hear. Mm. Um, And that's basically what I've done. Do you have a favourite question that you always go back to? Would be, what is a life of greatness to you? But I also... And I asked it first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, 
I like to start off with the history of the person. Mm -hmm. So basically getting an understanding of why they moved into the area that they're in or um, what their family life was like, because I think a lot of the time that kind of starts forming who the person is now. So it's usually those kind of stories that I, I think are really interesting for the listener to hear as well. When did you know that you wanted to get into radio and how did you even get there? It was funny, you know, because I worked at a lot of corporates before. So I was at the NAB, I was at realestate.com, I was at Census working Yellow Pages, doing all this marketing kind of stuff. But when I was young, like during school, I loved acting. Like mm -hmm. all I wanted to do was be an actor. And so I did theatre studies and drama and all this kind of stuff. And then I got an agent think just after year 12 and I did all these TV commercials and, you know, I was an extra on Neighbours and all these really cool roles. And, um, Are you on IMDb? Huh? Are you on IMDb? No, I definitely you, would not will be. We, you will be because we do the daily talk show. We have an IMDb. Oh, and so you'll be a guest yeah. appearance will be the daily talk yeah. show. That's amazing. Thank Thanks, you. guys. <laughs> um, and so that was, you know, uh, that's probably where that yeah. kind of, Things started from anyway. So then we can't I, remember scripts either. So that would be an well, yeah, issue. No, I always think about that as well. <laughs> God, thank God I didn't go into doing film. Yeah. How do I remember anything? Yeah, yeah. So then I studied a postgrad in PR and I did PR for a little while at an entertainment PR firm and it was horrendous. And I was like, no, this is not for me. And then I fell into marketing somehow. What was horrendous about it? Too much oh, rah -rah? The lady was The lady wasn't very nice that ran the PR firm and she used to scream at us all day. So, and that was my first job. And I thought, oh, this is obviously what it's like to just be in the workforce. <laughs> like, no joke. That's what I, that's what I felt. And I was doing my postgrad in PR at the time. I think I was like 18 or nine. Mm. No, no, I would have been older. So it might've been like in 20 or something like that. And I just thought, oh, okay, maybe working's not for me. Maybe working's <laughs> not for me. Isn't this, isn't, this is what it's before. about. Yeah, we've said anyway, that. so that was just that occasion because I haven't found that ever since. And um it will I, stop Mason. It will, <laughs> it will, it will stop. Stop. <laughs> and then I was basically working marketing for ages and I was working at mark in marketing at realestate.com, which used to be not far from where these studios are. And I would walk past the Nova. Nova used to be there. Oh no, I think Nova is still there. I used to walk past the door at Nova and I used to just look in and think, oh God, it would be so nice to work there. And then just walk away. And then a friend of mine said, God, I can imagine you working there. And I thought, so can I. <laughs> and, and then one thing led to another. I went on an overseas trip. I came back and I was like, it's time for a new job. Like what, year, I, what year was it? Oh, God. I cannot remember. It was, it was like about 10 years ago. Uh -huh. so, so REA like, would have been early day, like early tech sort yes, of thing. And it then, was. So at that time, was it... Was tech not glamorous? Like, because I guess it's things are starting to shift. No, it was definitely and, not glamorous then. Yeah. And it is really glamorous now. And yeah. that business is unbelievably mm. successful. And the people there are uh, divine. It was just that I, I yearned for something more, right? Mm. And then I thought, you know what? There's one guy I know that works at Osterio. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just email him and see if there are any jobs. And I did. And he said, oh, my God, there is a job that's completely in the area that you're you know, your passion lies and what you want to do. He emailed me the job description. I applied and bang, I got the job. 
And so you, did you end up doing with the Nova stuff? Did anything come of that or no? No, I don't, it wasn't Nova. It was just the place. Okay, and so yeah, sure. then moving to Oz Stereo, yeah, yeah, sure. that was the kind of equivalent. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, you know, what was it that excited you about the whole radio? I just thing? loved entertainment. Mm-hmm. So the first PR firm I ever worked in was the, the entertainment PR firm. I loved and that was where mm. the acting thing I think was as well. I just, since I was four years old, I loved the world of entertainment. So there was just something about it that I just I just got a kick from and I thought this is, you know when you know this is supposed to be your place, like, mm. you know, it's like your soul is supposed to follow this direction and that's kind of what I've felt now doing producing and interviewing people like I have no doubt this is the path that I was always supposed to be on. Do you remember like, the first tactic or thing that you worked on at uh, SEA? I don't remember the first one, but I remember the biggest one. Okay, yeah. It was, do you remember, Tommy, for Mother Energy Drink? Were you around then? No. Whatever. So do you remember Brett? No. Well, oh. Fitzy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of my best friends. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, no, so I love Brett, that you no just Brett. <laughs> no one's called Brett for 20 years. <laughs> Fitzy's been in this building. Yeah. Has he? Yeah. 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 So I, we did this amazing, we're actually talking about it the other day, we did this amazing um, promotion for Mother Energy Drink Mm. and basically we all were given different tasks that we had to do and mine was we had to go to a shooting range and it was with the peanut gallery. Do you remember them? Yes. Yes, the two guys that did that. And so then I had to get this dark costume made and they had to like run across as people were doing paintball but it was out in this amazing paintball place in whoop whoop somewhere and then another one of the activations was this giant sized duck mm. have you seen them before yeah i've seen giant ducks like in, like literally like, like as big as the ceiling like giant sized ducks okay. and they and one of my colleagues got that and put it on the yarra and it, we did all these amazing things it was it was like the glory days mm. um, one thing uh, i find with radio is i i feel like i uh had an extremely unhealthy lifestyle at radio. The <laughs> free, come? all the free cake. Yes. A lot of free cake. Every time MasterChef had like a promo, they would send cupcakes. Yes. Yeah. And I remember the, the salary being not great as a digital content producer back and then. Still not. And, so, and so I was like, you just fucking eat whatever you give it. And, yeah. and they had a Max Brenner downstairs. So I would have a Italian yeah, hot chocolate yeah, yeah. and then eat the. That actually went out of business the year after I left. I think there's some <laughs> sort of correlation. How do you keep your health? and diet in check when you're working at a radio station? I'll tell you what, doing the breakfast show, that Mm. was the hardest I've ever gone through as far as like keeping your diet in check because you're waking up at 4am, you're exhausted, you get to work, you've eaten your breakfast by 5. What would you have for breakfast? Uh, I'd usually have muesli fruit. Yogurt. It's being very consistent. Yeah. You said you had that today as well. <laughs> Dude, I have not many things have yeah. changed. <laughs> um, but then, you know, by 7 o'clock you're really hungry, but it's most yeah. people's normal breakfast mm-hmm. time, except you kind of would then eat more and more meals and then have five gazillion coffees as well. It mm. was we were, we were all very unhealthy at that time. I, I know another guest of yours, Christian Hull, who's a very yeah. dear friend of mine. He was the digital producer at the time. That's how he became Best Buds. And um, yeah, he struggled a lot as well. Yeah. And so what would you actually, food. what would be the second meal then when you, you had yours, then you would get into the office? What would we, you Well, we'd be going, there was a salad place that's also closed down, but we'd all go to the salad place at like 10 a.m. where everyone else was getting like their breakfast smoothies and stuff like that. And we mm. were ready for lunch. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird experience, isn't it? It's weird. What, so the, for people that ha- have never had any 
uh, interaction or any experience in a radio station, I think there is a, it's a bubble, right? Yes. And so you're talking about entering into the bubble. But then I think there's some exclusion for the, all the people outside of it that you don't experience until you leave the bubble, right? Yeah. What do you think? I'm it, still in the bubble. Yeah, I know. And that's why I want to get some insight because I'm not. What do you think it is about the inside of the bubble that people on the outside don't know? Like what's the charm, what's the glamour of a radio station? Because I think it is very much mm -hmm. radio is the thing. There's a real bubble in Australia for radio. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just the pizzazz, which, you know, you do get over after you've been there for a while. And now being in podcasting, we're actually in a set, like we're still in the same building, but we've got separate offices. Is there any pizzazz in podcasting? <laughs> Um, not that, a, there's definitely not as much pizzazz. No, podcasting is the, the best. Podcasting <laughs> is the best. Um, but I think with radio, you know, you've got for people who care about this kind of stuff, there are a lot of celebrities constantly walking through the building. There's, you know, you're getting the biggest um, singers coming through and people who were huge in film. And so there are all these people passing through 24-7. You know, it's this, it's this big hoo-ha and you're just like in the cold face of it. Mm. So when you're in it, you think, wow, this is like the best thing in the world. And then they throw all these parties that you get free tickets to and, you know, all that kind of jazz. I think it also um, it just remember me, it reminded me of second floor. I just had, I remember. Wait, second so, floor was triple M? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so I remember it's actually walking. the first floor. First. Is it first? Yeah, yeah. The first oh, floor. There are two second. floors, isn't there? Yeah. You All keep talking about the third, third floor. Oh, that's I'm because like, I like to. Yeah. That's well, why Tommy I like went to, to a different floor we've never been to. I just like to say that we've got a three-story office. We don't. First floor, which is ground floor. The, that's not second true. Second floor, which is studio. <laughs> the third floor, which because is Because it's upstairs. embarrassing. He would tell people when we got our office, he was like, yeah, it's a three-story office. I'll still keep saying it. But it's embarrassing when people come in. We have three. Can I say this? Can I say this? We've got three levels. Can I say that? Yeah, you do because a garage is like if you were selling your place, you'd be like there's a garage on one level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. So that's true. Okay, so three level, not three I think stories. you're better off at underselling and then over-delivering like, wow, you okay. only said it was so, one story. So two, you know. Triple M was located up from the ground floor, which according to them is first floor. Okay, uh, hang I'll on. Do it. Yes, it was. No, first no, floor is Triple M. That's what Second I said. floor. That's what I said. Yeah. Did you? But there was no, but there's no, but there's no, the ground, the ground floor. floor was Coles. Yes, it We're getting very inside baseball. No, but, there, but still, it's a ground floor. It's So then my point was mm. up from the ground floor mm. is level one, which yes. is. And then there's two, so, yeah. but there you is no three. You can have it. It was, it was level one. So level one, I'm walking through and I'm listening to the radio. And as I'm walking Probably through. Probably Foo Fighters. Something was going on. I looked to the right. And you can see into the studio and then you hear the people in the studio starting to speak and it's coming through the radio. So then you're getting this live sense. So everything's geared around. I remember even the people tapping their computers in the sales area is like it's you're looking in. So I, I, I see the energy that that live yes. show on level one brought. So podcasting, not live, less energy, do you think? Well, no, I actually don't. So... I love podcasting mm -hmm. because it isn't live because you can have a really decent amount of time to think, well, to basically if you do something and you, I know you guys don't, but you can edit it out if necessary. Mm -hmm. It can become very polished, which can be really nice. And also there's no pressure. So, you know, um, 
producing Hamish and Andy, that's the most fun and energetic podcast that you could probably work on mm-hmm. and that's not live and it gives us time to kind of we stop for lunch, we relax, we do like one sh- one show and then we'll do the next and we have a laugh in between segments and it just you don't have that pressure and I mm. love that. Is there something in the pressure though of the like 6 a.m.? We're all on. We know that we've got the traffic. We know that people are in cars right now listening and the phones are... Mm. I don't know. I don't reckon. Like Mm. as a podcaster, I think a podcaster and, you know, a host and a producer, Mm. I think you can get the same thing out of a Mm. podcast. So is there a way of faking it then within like the internal sort of dynamics of the team to say we're going to start at this time or we play the intro music or we do something to sort of bring that posture? Yes, I definitely think like with Hamish and Andy, we mm. play the intro music every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got that feel but at the same time it's not like you have to stop for a song and it's it just flows really, really nicely and have the traffic coming through, have to do a live read, you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of jazz. Yeah. I think because um, if you're trying to like work out reverse engineer what is the the live thing what is it the 6am thing that you have listeners there i think that mm. you have to show up because it goes live and if you're not speaking you've stuffed it yeah. because you can you can also do with a podcast where you go every day like we have yeah, yeah. where if we, you can't miss a day yeah. so there's a pressure on us and the the pressure of doing live radio is it's a pressure yeah because yeah, we can can't do, do different pressures, yeah. And okay. so we're just looking at how do you how do you enforce a pressure mm-hmm. that then so you actually do it. You so you up. actually do yeah, it yeah, yeah. because that is the greatest thing about radio is that it's you get to do something five days a week. Mm-hmm. Were you much of a listener of podcasts before you started yours? I uh, I did. Oh, before I started, before I moved to podcast one, I listened to a few podcasts Mm because that was still, I mean, podcasting has just absolutely grown in the last few years. Mm -hmm. So I listened to a few, but yes, I was a big listener of podcasts before, but I like, you know, Oprah's Super Soul. That would be my Mm -hmm. favorite podcast. Mm -hmm. Oh, my wife was listening to it. I got into it. Yeah, it's beautiful. The other day on the way to work. That's, That's my sort of podcast, you know. Yeah. What I like is she does it from all these different, you know, we're in our place in Miami. It's like, mate. She's got places everywhere. Yeah, she does. She's usually in Maui. At, Maui? Yeah, Maui. She yeah. has a beautiful, I think, ranch in Maui. Oh. And um, she interviews people under an oak tree. Josh is thinking of doing so it from no, a booth I actually saw, in a I watched, No, I was thinking I watched the video. she, yeah, had, she does videos. She had Malcolm Gladwell on. Oh, mm. great. And it was awesome. And they were just like chilling out and it was it was a very nice That's moment. what yeah. we need the, to aspire for. The ex- outside? Or maybe with outside. Outside would be nice. Yeah, just outside's nice. It's a great I, life. Yeah, I guess. I remember once she had the dogs were barking. She's like, okay. Yeah. I don't think they must have it. They're shot. <laughs> She's so nice. She would dogs. never do that. No, no, no. Um, not, on, not recorded at least. <laughs> um, and, yeah, all the dogs were barking and next door neighbours' dogs were barking. So I don't think there's much editing going on in their podcast mm. either, which is a beautiful yeah. thing. I like it. It's, it's yeah, real. natural. How do you do your asks? How do you, what's a good ask when it comes to trying to get a guest on your show? So many people ask me that. They're like, how do you get all these awesome people? Mm. Uh, well, how do I? It's basically a really good email. Mm-hmm. Is that what you do too? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we do a mix. It depends. It obviously depends on the guest. But is it? Uh, have you actually templated anything or do you have like, okay, I've written this out, now I don't have to reinvent the wheel, I can copy yeah, and paste? Yeah, I basically do that. Mm-hmm. I, I do the copy and paste. But a lot of the time it is... Sometimes through connections, mm-hmm. 
I have that I get some people on um, and otherwise, you know, I know them. Mm -hmm. So that's why they've come on. But, yeah, I think it would be a copy and paste. And as you would know, I don't know if it works actually so much for this podcast, but the more people you have on that are in a similar field to the person you're asking on, the Mm. more they go, oh, hey, they were on. Mm. I should come on too. Definitely. They don't say that, but I think Mm. I'm thinking they think that. It helps. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, What makes a good producer, do you think? I think a good producer has to be organised and I'm a very organised person. So that works well. Yeah. Just what does that mean? Thing. I heard someone say that the other day. What is an all? Like they do their washing. You don't, so you're not organised. No, I, I have, I wear Merino t-shirts. <laughs> you can go 20, like 30 days with really? Merino God. and they're all good. Really? Yeah. No sweating? Yeah, no, no, no sweating. No, he still sweats. No, well, I mean, I less sweat. Smelly. They're less smelly. They're oh, not okay. smelly at all. Have you ever thought Josh has BO? Once. <laughs> where, where was it? Uh, up st- recently, actually. I just Wait, was like, sure it wasn't my socks because I don't think they were coughing. Maybe, 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 maybe. I can't remember. I just, I just, it was Why just. Why didn't you say anything? Just let him sit in it. But I do. Well, I, I always stink. But I always so, tell you. Yeah, I don't need to know. Anyway. No, I think it's good to know. Mate, well, literally, you know, we watch. Well, I, I mean, I'd hope someone would tell me. I don't really sweat much, but. Do, anyway, you do <laughs> your washing, so that's one key of being organised. <laughs> what else? <laughs> he said that I didn't say that. Okay, meal prep. Um, <laughs> I think, well, you know, take. I also am a producer of the True Crime podcast that we mm-hmm. do at work too. So I think being organised definitely um, and also just having a good knowledge of whatever you're working with, coming up with good ideas, um, being a people's person mm-hmm. as well. So what are the, ta- like for the organised bit, the tactics, like are you in your calendar on the, all the time? Are you writing to-do lists? Like what does it actually mean? I kind of... I have a post-it note note, and I kind of might write a loose to-do list, but Mm -hmm. like say example for Hamish and Andy, there's like five gazillion things to always organise for them, which is so much fun. So I just have to ensure that it's all done before our next recording, making sure I've like looked through their inboxes and um, worked on whatever kind of big stunt they're doing, um, spoken to them about, you know, whatever whatever we're kind of working on. It's it's making sure that you're always in communication but you're also able to handle things on your own and you have a good insight into what the listeners would want to hear and you're coming up with content as well. Do you have rules that you set yourself? So I've I've got to um, clear my inbox by this time or I need to make sure that every single thing I need to do today is here on that post-it note. I'll make sure that I hit, if I know that there's definitely things that I need to do and finish that day, I'll ensure that I don't think there'd be a day that I didn't do it. Mm. So I will make, I'll give them priority as well. How do you do that? Well, usually Hamish and Andy are my priority. Yeah. yeah. So, so anything that needs to be done for them gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the true crime stuff. So that's also fascinating. But that mm. producing is a little bit different because sometimes like, uh, I work with a guy, our crime reporter, and we were looking at a case that we didn't, we may end up rolling out one day, but basically like we went to the site where one of the girls um, got abused and um, went basically around the house and looked mm-hmm. at the entry point, which the person who is still has never been caught would have jumped over and all this kind of stuff. And it's intriguing. Was anyone at the house? I think I think the parents were at the house. Oh, God. So he's just walking around. And then we went up and down the street. It was like we do very 
different things to what a normal kind of producer would do. But I love that. Like it's mm-hmm. so different. And um, for our crime reporting as well, like it's kind of like working in film. Like we sit there and we all play characters in a script and it's like me, I'm the producer and then uh, the head of podcast one and our audio producer and our crime reporter and we sit and we read the scripts and then we literally go through what needs to be changed and what doesn't and then we'll go through it again and again and we storyboard. It's it's like a it's a piece of, of artwork. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. What do you think for the just on the crime stuff because I know how big crime podcasts yeah. are. What, what's the goal of the podcast? So in the creation of it, the producing of it, what is the goal? So, for example, we did this po- podcast um, in plain sight about Jonathan Dick, who was a guy that was has just been caught, and literally the podcast went out. This guy was on the run. He'd like killed his brother with the samurai sword oh, he in was Doncaster. Being dis- they found him. Center. Yeah, they Abbotsford. found him. Yeah, just around the just corner. Just around the corner. Oh, Fitzroy, sorry. Mm. Yeah, and he was like in a the, the he had been camping out in a tent, but they found him found him somewhere else. Anyway, so we put that podcast out about this guy who was like on the run. We called it In Plain Sight because it's like how can a guy be homeless for like Mm. two years or however long and no one has found him? Like Mm. he has no money, no assistance. Like it was bizarre. It was a fascinating story. And anyway, about a week after the podcast launch, they found him. So we think maybe a lot had to do with the podcast because we know that he had gone and been reading newspapers and stuff and maybe had they found a radio near him so he'd been listening to interviews that our crime reporter had done potentially so could have been agitated. But a lot of that stuff we hope that they are able to find the person that's out there that's committed the crime because we do mostly, not always, but mostly unsolved cases. Isn't it crazy? It's like the this world of podcasters has created these uh almost police officers. Mm. They're like investigating these un- unsolved yeah. mysteries. But they had to take the podcast down because oh, it's they? like, yeah, because it goes to the court now. Uh, is it going to so go back up? Once the matter's finished, then mm. yeah. Wow. Did, have you learned a lot about the ethics of this sort of stuff? Yes, I have. Like I still am not 100% of the ins and outs, but I, I have. And also, you know, do you? We have to get people to sign waivers every time they come on the podcast. Do you? Yeah, we're we're sorting out release forms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that also can be quite full on. Like mm. I've had people that just won't sign the release form, so I can't interview mm. them. Mm. I mean, but there's specific... nothing scary about the release form. No, there isn't. But it's the difference in the conversation. What are you talking about? Like mm. what we're talking about now is like yeah, it's know, a, very low the, level in comparison to reflecting on a crime you saw or something yes, that's happened com, in your com, life. Completely, or completely. I guess the thing with like th- talking about the release form stuff, uh, it's definitely something as we start going outside of our circle and stuff, it becomes more and more important. But then there's also the like there's the legal and then there's the ethical. Mm. So. Uh, like Miss 97 and I were talking about it where it's like someone asked if we could edit something of the podcast and we did it and it prompted the release form. And it's like, to be honest, if the even if we had a release form, uh, we would still do, make that edit because it's like are we, we're in the relationship game, the sort of style of show that we're doing. Yes. If you came on our show, uh, signed a release form, and then you said, hey, there's this bit in the podcast that's really like ruining my life or whatever at the moment can you cut it out? I mean, it takes a certain type I mean, of... ruining life is key word. That yeah. It's pretty... or, but, or it's like if it's a massive issue, then it's like, okay, well, you can yeah. t- you would take that out, you would think. Of but course. The, yes. But what about if it's low level when they still want you to take it out? So I guess it's like well, if you say yes to one thing, mm. 
what's no, the rule no, across? I just think I think the thing is it's like you. I think what we're doing, it's like hey, you learn. You if we think that it is doesn't make any sense, and they want it removed, mm. it's like lesson take it take it down. Lesson learned. Um, but then just flip it on its head and go. Mm. If you didn't think it was, do you? So the question is, do I you? I think you push back. You say, hey, this is actually like a massive issue f- for us if we take it down. Yeah. We've done you know four hundred odd episodes, so this is a a massive edge case and something that we've never done before. It's going to put us out. And if they do it, then I think, yeah, I mean, what's the... Uh, because, but you're putting ethics back onto them. It's like, so you're saying empathy, right? That you're showing empathy to this person that they mm. didn't want it. And I'm not talking about the ruined life. The, well, I guess it depends I, on I, the I mean, type of content case. you're doing. Like say the crime stuff, yeah. you're going to actually have people who, like it's a lot more touchy and you are sure. entering into that mm. game. So you've got to be willing to like, you need to get the release forms. You're probably yeah, yeah. going to do that more interviews and shit like that. I think yeah. the licensing stuff is more in regards to like ownership of content. We want to know that we own it so that we can use it and yes, exactly. in whatever way you want. Have you yeah. ever faced these outside of the crime stuff? Because I could imagine it probably happens more so. Someone yeah. just, you know, was feeling confident in one moment, not the next. <laughs> well, that's it. What about for the other shows that you've been a part of? Uh, for a life of greatness, there's been one case. No, no one's ever asked me to edit anything out. Mm-hmm. It's always been fine. There's never been any problems with the recordings. But I make sure they sign their release before they come on the podcast. And there was one guest who is quite famous, an American person, and um, they wouldn't sign it, like, because of X, Y, and Z. And I sent it to our lawyers and they could only make a few changes and it was, mm-hmm. you know what, you kind of think, I mean, this is my way of thinking. It's If it's not supposed to be, then there's obviously a bigger reason for that and I would never push it and that's fine. So mm. you had them on the show still? No, they no? never came on. Because oh, they wouldn't sign Because it. I need them to sign the release and if they don't sign the release, then I can't have them on. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Because all of these things, I guess, are just uh, risk assessments. Well, that's that, it, yeah. Um, and when you're loosey-goosey over here, you can do what we want. Yeah, but it's yeah, it throws a spanner in the works either either way. But I I always think about anything you do. There's a bunch of stuff you're signing up for. So if you open a business where you sell candles online, where you mm. have to ship them, you're actually entering into the possibility of it going pear shaped, and I suppose losing your candle and having to face that. Mm-hmm. A part of the podcast landscape is someone says take this down. If you're doing a shitload of episodes, do, do you I agree? I reckon it's a big deal no. anyway. Like. You know, maybe if it was you did one episode and that was the only episode yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I had to go down, that would be sad. But if you got a few others and whatever. But, no, it's never happened to me as yeah. far as anyone pulling anything after mm. an interview. No, not at all. Mm. To be honest, I'd just be pissed that I didn't get that day off. Yeah. You know, like yeah, we, yeah, we you did, did it the work. and then we had to, had to put in the work and now we're. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> would have gone to the beach. What's, what's some new empathy that you've gotten from doing, like being behind the mic that you didn't get when you were a producer? Oh, so much. Mm. So I think like I kind of touched on before, it's just listening to people's stories and seeing how beautiful um, how beautiful their stories are and what I've learnt from them. There is not one guest that I haven't learned anything from and it's funny I did interview someone the other day and it's just these key moments that they'll say something and I'm like, it just resonates and, mm-hmm. it, and then I'll think about my own personal life and how I can kind of use what they've spoken about to my benefit into a situation that perhaps that I'm in, it, there is just another level when you're behind the mic. And, mm-hmm. you know, the stories that 
are sometimes shared with me, like I mentioned, a deep and really powerful and a lot of the time these people haven't spoken about that stuff before. So I find that to be unbelievably beautiful and there's not there's no part of me that isn't grateful for that. Do you look long-term when it comes to the podcast? Um, yeah, I, I do. I obviously want to keep producing and mm-hmm. I'm doing um, that as well, but I love being behind the mic and having a life of greatness and it is doing really, really, really well. So series three, I've nearly, nearly kind of wrapped that up, still doing a few interviews and then I'll put that out. Uh, it would just be kind of expanding more and more mm-hmm. from where I am. So I kind of, I'm not looking too long-term. I'm just still getting the interviews and mm-hmm. then seeing what kind of comes from there. What about personal brand? Do you think about that much? Like yeah, how long no, until we have a, we see a headshot on your social media? Well, there's already been one and I am in the, in, in the process of developing a website. I have someone that's doing that now. Mm-hmm. It's just because I've started to get asked to do like a lot of gigs as far as like, you know, either talking about myself or being the moderator and, you know, when you're getting paid gigs, then you start to think, oh, okay, maybe I could get some more of these. So, but that's just a natural progression from doing what I am doing now. So it's been such a beautiful thing. And I think the, one of the nicest things as well, and I'm sure you guys get this, I mean, your subject matter is slightly different, but for a life of greatness, the amount of people that contact me and tell me like, I, you know, this one girl contacted me, she's just beautiful saying that, you know, I just want you to know that my my good friend is in her last days and she's been getting so much comfort from listening to the episodes in your podcast and we just want to thank you so, so much. Mm. I mean, it's, you know, people who telling me they re-listen and re-listen to take notes so that they can use these strategies in their everyday life, like so many beautiful messages from Mm. people and that is that keeps me wanting to do more and more as well. Being a podcast one, you'd have a lot of people... Uh, coming to you and saying, got a podcast idea. I want to do a podcast. Oh my God. Every second person. <laughs> yeah. Like, no joke. Yeah. And it got to the stage where we were all laughing, like all of the other producers were all saying, I can't take it anymore. And we all now say, just go to the website. There's yeah. a form. Fill out the form. Because at first I'd be like, yeah, sure, email me. Like, I'm so happy to do that. And I still am, but it's just gotten too much. And as you would know, like everyone's got an idea about something for a podcast. Yeah. So we get, I think they get hundreds and hundreds of people writing and they select a bare minimum amount. And what's what's the misconception or what's the bit that you think most people are missing when they're speaking about starting a podcast? I think they have an idea, which is amazing, but maybe they haven't thought it out properly. So there's no real plan. Like they may have thought about their first episode, but from there they're not quite sure or they just want to interview people, but they have no real subject matter that they want to interview them on. I think, look, there are a lot of podcasts that do such similar things, but I think you also have to have a point of difference to Mm. an extent. So maybe they haven't thought about that or Mm. they have absolutely no experience in any of these areas, which is fine. I mean, start a podcast, but maybe, you know, try and get some interviewing experience or try and do something in that area first before you kind of dive in. Mm -hmm. What's your view on monetization? I think monetization is a fabulous thing. Mm. Um, Money's where, great. Yeah, where do you uh, where do you think it is? Like having your experiences within sort of podcast one and yeah. seeing the landscape. What do you think it's? I think it's getting better. Mm-hmm. 
Um, obviously, we have a sales team that sells for us. So seeing what it was like two years ago when I started where I, I saw that it was hard for the salespeople, you know, they were going to clients and clients kind of didn't understand what podcasting was to now they're going to clients and they're selling so well mm. and, you know, prices for ads have gone up because there's now this big demand and as as well you're getting targeted audiences. So basically I know when they sell, you know, they can go into selling for a, a cooking podcast and you mm -hmm. know that you're getting a certain amount of people who are male, female, but they love cooking rather than if you're doing a radio show, it's like people from all over the shop. Like it's really targeted. Like I know the people, well, there's a lot of different people that listen to a life of greatness because I don't just kind of focus on one thing, but it's that, you know, good feeling wellness, mental health perspective as well. So, you know, the kind of brands that would be right for that. So I think, I think in, companies are really starting to come on, uh, come on board with podcasting and sales now. So I think things will really pick up. Mm -hmm. Do you think like uh, in regards to where podcasting is right now, do you see anything on the horizon in regards to the next trends? Obviously crime is a real popular one. I was following the OzPod um, hashtag oh, yeah. and everyone was talking about crime. It feels like there's got to be a tipping point where we've gotten too much in certain categories. Yes. Are you thinking about that? Uh, I look at the categories that I think do well and it is the crime, the comedy, mm -hmm. the wellness. Those are that and cooking is also big. Like that's also kind of been a genre that I think is kind of quite successful yeah, and and I I mean, look, it's it's also dependent on what you like. Like podcast one's tagline is "There's one for everybody," and that's mm. so true. You know, like or well, everyone's got one could be also <laughs> could be another tagline. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so I love listening to interview style mm. podcasts. So that's what I listen to. But I have friends that love comedy podcasts, and they listen to them. So you know, it's really dependent on the person as well. Mm -hmm. People are obsessed with crime. They listen to crime. I, was, I used to be, I still love crime, but I think working in it now, I try and detach myself from actually listening to it because it gets into my psyche too much. What do you think? You, what do you mean? What do you think? Well, about? I'll never forget when I first started doing the crime podcasting and I got given this file and the file just had all these it was a rundown of all these bits and pieces that had happened in the case and it was horrific. And I, I got scared. Mm. I was like, I remember going for a girls weekend because, you know, these people haven't been found. And um, I was like in my room in the country thinking, what's that noise? And I was never like that before, yeah. but I was like, oh, good Lord. Like, you know, when I would come home and I'd, you know, like the, with the keys in the door, make sure I took all the keys out of the door in case something happened. You know, you get a bit paranoid and I thought, no, this is, I, I love working in that area, but then if I'm consuming it outside too, it's too much. Yeah, I mean, there's the thought that, you know, the media and the sort of mass spread of information increases our worry and paranoia mm, around these things. So it's I like, agree. is it, is crime on the increase? You know, all these things that are happening, is that on the increase or are we just under hearing more of what is going on? Well, I you'd don't, think I don't that know. potentially we're just hearing more of what's going on. Mm. Well, in depth. Podcast. Yeah. The, what, what, the interesting bit, you know, the note from that girl who was on her last days. Mm, her friend. What were these people doing before podcast? You know, because I think there's 
a lot of people are contacting podcasts. We get a heap of people contacting us. Mm. There was not an outlet to do that. Or where was the outlet? Was it radio? Was it pen like Maybe. PO box? Lock bag um, up in <laughs> bloody Sydney. Lock well, it's bag. It's a deeper connection. Protest. It's a deeper connection yeah. that you're building, which is inspiring people to contact. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. How cool is that? I think it's beautiful. I that as I said, that is the element that I take out, and I think, wow, like if I'm making a difference in these people's lives, that to me is so special. Like even when I talk about my experience of getting into podcasting and you know working in these big corporates and then going into my dream job in radio and then podcasting. I did that the other day at this women's um, in business talk and I had these girls come up to me after and they're like, you know, I'm in that corporate job now and I hate it and listening to your talk, it's so inspiring what, you, what you're what you doing and what you got to do and I feel like now that I'd be able to get there as well. Like you can, you just need to know that, you know, you have a goal and allow yourself to basically be taken on the journey. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. So I think doing the podcast and having these people come back and give these kind of messages to you, I mean, it's it's lovely. Mm. Are you thinking about video at all? Well, we do. I video the podcast. Mm. Well, I don't personally, but the social media guys do. We use our studios that we have kind of set up already, so that's pretty lucky. I think video is a really good thing for the third series, even via Zoom. I think nearly every single will hopefully when I do the next few as well, every interview will be filmed. I Does think that that's change very the dynamic of how you do the conversation? Do you become sort of more self-aware? I feel like I'm not sitting up straight right now. I, yes, definitely. And I, and through Zoom as well, you can see yourself in the corner. If you do mm-hmm. the split screen, well, if you do the split screen, you're not in the corner. You're, yeah. you're looking at yourself. So I noticed that like suddenly I'll veer to look at, I hope I look okay. Yep, I look <laughs> all right. And it was hilarious. The other day I did this interview and the guy was overseas and I came in, it was eight o'clock at night and there was no one around. And we were doing the interview via Zoom and suddenly the air conditioning went off because like, why would they need it on? Mm-hmm. There's no one in the building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you progressively, I get more and more flushed in my face as the interview goes on. And it wasn't until the next day where they're like, oh, no, I go, God, it was so hot in there. <laughs> they're like, well, the air con goes off. And funnily enough, in the middle of the interview, this absolutely threw me. The door just opens of the studio and I'm like, oh, my God. I turn around and it's the cleaner. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of an interview. Thank God we edit. And he's like, oh, okay, just one moment. And then he starts, like, emptying the bin and, like, cleaning <laughs> them. And I'm like, hey, I'm in the middle of an interview with this huge guy from overseas. Not that it matters. I'm really sorry. It's just our cleaner. Is it, do you find that the conversation has changed even internally when you started working with Podcast One versus today in regards to how serious businesses are thinking about podcasting? Oh, definitely. I think SCA, Southern Cross Stereo as a business, takes podcasting very seriously. Mm-hmm. Not that they ever didn't, but they realise that this is an area that's absolutely growing and growing. Um, so I also think people around the business are listening to the podcast that Podcast One produce and it's taken very, very seriously. It's really lovely. It's a, it's a great, as you guys know, it's a great place to be being a podcaster. Yeah. Well, you're saying you're, you were talking about the conversations and where you get to in the depth. It's like you, you are in a vortex. So you get to experience that 
with somebody, right? Yeah. It's, you know, I did this interview with Kate Lambrook and it just blew me away. It was one of the most beautiful interviews that I've ever done and it was just her and I in a room and the cameraman had set everything up and then walked away. He didn't obviously need to be there. So it was just the two of us and it was like we'd gone out well, I would even say it was like I felt like I'd just gone to her house and she was just opening up about her whole life to me, you know, through growing up in a Jehovah's Witness family to her son's battle with leukaemia, you know, there were tears. And I I walked out and it was like that was such a beautiful interview and I was so taken aback with how much information and how beautiful she was in sharing that with the audience and, since then people were, I laughed, I cried during that interview. Kate is such a special person and I've felt so grateful to have spoken to her and have her share her story. How many podcasts are you producing as in like actual different shows? So I do Hamish and Andy, I do the true crime, which can be, we do um, an at-large series as mm-hmm. well as our understate series. So the understate is the more, you know, the the actual big crime, unsolved murders to the at-large series is more interview-based. We just mm-hmm. did one um, about Kerry Packer and his stolen gold. And I'm all, I also produced one called The Alternative Truth, which is a medical podcast with a doctor. And basically we get two sides to a story. They're not in the room at the same time and they talk about a subject matter. So, for example, we had cancer as a subject and we got an oncologist and then we got a guy who... Uh, has cancer, but he does alternative therapies as one. And we do the same for, um, what did we do? One on skincare. And we got a guy, a woman that does organic skincare and a guy who was a dermatologist. So that's really fascinating. So I go from comedy to crime to, you know, me talking about how you can achieve greatness to medical. Mm. You couldn't get a better range. That's great. Do you think that you'll do another podcast or... Um, is your current one like the one that you want to keep on building? The current one is the one that I want to keep on building. I've actually mm-hmm. never thought about that, like as in to do another one that I yeah. host. Potentially I would never say no to anything, but I, I love building the brand mm-hmm. of a life of greatness for the moment. I think that's kind of what I'm focusing on as well as my own personal brand. That's mm. that's what I've got in in the next couple of months. Yeah, I loved like the motion graphics and stuff that were like the... Oh, how amazing yeah. are they? Was that a big part? Like does is that the podcast One Touch where they've come to you and said, we've got this resource, we'll do it? Or is that something you say, I want to do this? Well, we've got this animator who works out of Sydney and she's mm-hmm. just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And her and I had a discussion and basically we were like, okay, for, you know, the animation for when we launch should be look kind of similar to this. It was mostly her. Like mm-hmm. I gave her ideas and then she created the whole thing. She's unbelievable. And then we did them for a lot of the guests and stuff. But now that we've got video, we've kind of introduced more video for the third series. It'll probably be that will kind of be the main thing I would say. Is it, uh, yeah, what's the feeling when you're doing all of this work but not pushing it out? I guess with something like H&A, you're doing yeah, an episode. Is it, uh, yeah, what is that feeling? Because I guess you're doing all this work yes. and people are saying, hey, when's the I next know, thing I know, I know. And mm. then there's part of me that's like still battling in my head what I want to do. So mm-hmm. I've obviously got a bunch of podcasts and I still need to do a few more before I release them, which will be in the next few months. And there's a part of me also is like maybe I should just release one or two, you know, to mm-hmm. 
give the audience something. So I'll do another series and then I don't know where I'll go from there. Like I'll definitely, I'll hundred percent do more, but will it be a fourth series or will I release more? I still need to kind of work on my strategy. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, you guys obviously do one yeah. a day. So we yeah. don't, have, I mean, I, I'm always fascinated by people who have series within their podcast. So you're seeing the se- or seasons. Yeah. Mm. Series season. And I'm trying to work out what, why I haven't worked it out completely. Like- I guess it's like a, uh, it's a official break, like you're able to sort of set that up and have But then, like, then so the point is if it's a big hit, is it – if you see a seasoned podcast, does it mean that they've all been released at one go or they yes. trickled out? Well, so well, the way that I've done it for A Life of Greatness is there's been se- season one, season two, and then also like people then can just binge. Mm. So – instead of maybe listening to one and then going, oh, it's not one for ages, and then they forget about you, they can just go and listen to nine and then they can go and listen to the next season mm-hmm. and the next season. Like there's a lot of content that you're just putting out there. going to say they listen to the nine and then they forget about you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to yeah, say. I was gonna potentially say, as well. We've got a season of 472. So yeah. yeah, you guys have a lot <laughs> backed up there. Yeah. How many seasons would we have? Is I don't know. Are you probably what you do. 12. Maybe? We're like lost. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know the point of it by the end. It's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like, do you have, is there a strategy team? Are you sitting down with people externalizing this sort of thing? No, not really. For a life of greatness, the strategy team would be me uh-huh. um, and, you know, the head of podcast one who's been amazing mm-hmm. in being able to bounce things over, off and, you know, having him there and being able to discuss different topics and stuff. But basically I think with this they let me just kind of write it. Yeah. Um, I find all the guests myself and it's kind of produced and done by me and if there's anything that I need to speak to him about. And I do run the series thing past him, but we thought a third series is a good good strategy mm-hmm. and then kind of be whatever I want to do from there. Mm. But, no, there isn't these big strategy meetings yeah. about how we're going to release it. And what what does success look like for you, do you think? Success to me is, I mean, look, downloads is Mm -hmm. a a good key of success. That is obviously the biggest thing in podcasting. And just knowing that I've built up a beautiful audience base that are getting a lot of good messages and being able to use them in their everyday life. Success really for me is being able to, and I I really do mean this, Mm -hmm. being able to change people's lives. Like, I've seen how this work has changed my life and if I'm able, the reason behind the podcast was to be able to let other people change their lives too. Uh, if they're able to do that, then, you know, tick, um, job's mm. done. It's, I mean, it sounds like you enjoy the process too. Love the process. I mean, you know, there's that beautiful saying, you know, enjoy, it's not all about the outcome. It's, a, you know, all about the destination. It's it's how you how you get there. It's the journey. And I always think of that like, I love when I interview people. Do you love it? Yeah. Mm, yeah, so much. Yeah. Fun. I yeah. love when I interview people. I get excited and that is a huge part of it and it's not just about the day that we launch. It's everything in between. Like the, I find the social media really fun as well. Mm-hmm. I, I quite enjoy doing mm-hmm. that bit. Everything around it, sitting with the audio producers and when we were doing the music and when I read out the intros and I write all the intros myself, that. You sound like the voice of God when you're doing it. I think it's like very. Do I? Produ- yeah, it's got like a, a real authoritative oh, sort of thanks. sound to it. I think it sounds um, I actually was sitting with my audio producer not long ago and I, I looked at him and I go, you know, this is sitting here when I have to read the intros after I've written them. And it takes me a while to write them sometimes because mm. I want to make sure they're perfect. And I'm very respectful of the people that I have on to interview and 
when I write about them, I want to ensure that I've mentioned all the best bits of whatever they're doing and teaching. And then when I read it, I don't know, there's something in me where I, I just absolutely love that and I love seeing how he brings it to life from an audio perspective. It's mm. beautiful. Mm. So the next season, when are we when are we thinking? What 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 date? Do we have a date? I don't know. I, can we put a date on it now? I, I it sounds know. like you don't have a strategy team, so we can do it <laughs> yeah, for seriously. you. Right now. It's going to be January, sometime January, Feb, because that's when people are on holidays and they listen yeah. a lot. I I. What about January ten? Mm-hmm. Far away from um, Australia Day, you don't want to get it muddied with that. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So get I think it, maybe 10, before. Yeah, get it Jan ten. Yeah, Jan ten. Because well, then it's away from New potentially. Year's. Yes, yeah, I don't want to have it too close to New Year's and Christmas and all that. Yeah, mm. yeah. But yeah. you want people back in the workplace where they're not doing much and they might be wanting to listen to your podcast. I mean, yeah, what's, exactly. Always a good one. What's What's the argument for not putting them out sooner? Well, I want to because I have to bank them. Mm. Is it that you won't do them? Like, do you think if you started releasing them, you're like, ah? I mean, because also, I'll tell you one thing as well. Like, not obviously the daily talk show is not like mm-hmm. this, but I find sometimes maybe people like they then interview anyone mm-hmm. because they're just like, oh, I've got to release one in like a fortnight. Oh yeah. God, I can't find anyone to interview. And I am so, you know, I think so much about who I'm going to interview, mm-hmm. and I'm really picky with who I interview. Yeah. I don't just interview anyone. So. That is a big thing for me too. I think if I had to do one once a fortnight, I mean, there's only that many people in Australia yeah. to that might fit the mm. kind of cred of who I want to interview. Yeah, and so, we've had them all on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think it's <laughs> interesting. It's, it's something I, I'm very specific mm. about. So that's what takes a bit of time as well. Yeah, because it's interesting because I think Tommy and I were talking the other day about some of the guests that we haven't necessarily like had that much enthusiasm with or whatever have been the best guests. Mm. And so like what I feel like through scale and by doing heaps, you suddenly realise that the people who you think are going to be amazing might be really good, but then, yeah, the the people Mm. who are like, I don't know necessarily what their story is, that then becomes a platform Mm. because we're actually discovering it for the first time rather than the people that we love and that we really want to have on, we have actually heard every single story from six different shows. Yes, I'm, I am also very aware of that. I sometimes like to get people that, you know, they don't have to be big names but mm-hmm. and, and maybe they've never told their story before. I find that to be something that I think is pretty significant. And, yeah, but I'm very, I, I think a lot about who I'm going to interview before mm-hmm. and I make sure that I pick the right mix of people as we well. Can, you can definitely tell. I think that in a world where there's, Everyone wants to create a podcast. Not everyone's doing it. I think like it's amazing. Like when it came out and I saw it, it's so good seeing people who have worked hard behind the scenes for so long, helping other people shine, go out and do it. I think it's really cool. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah, but if Mr. 97, you try that shit on yeah, us. absolutely not. <laughs> Done. If he starts some sort of life of really greatness or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. Um, and I have to bring up what number did I say at the start of the show? 82. Got it. Yes. I was actually going to say 82 as well. Yeah. Uh, well it d- wasn't about you, Matt. Yeah, no. oh, not today <laughs> anyway. Uh, Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review. Uh, what do you think of Apple Podcast reviews? I Look, if they're nice, then <laughs> yeah. If they're not, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. write on it. Yeah. So only leave Sarah nice ones. <laughs> yeah, five-star five reviews, please. Uh, it's a daily talk show. Hi at thedailytalkshow.com is the email address if you want to send us an email. Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow. See you guys.